This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Fungstar and Probabil, they take the front of the 250 from Riadini. It's Probabil, Fungstar, Riadini. Yearlong Prince coming into the clear from looks like Elvis. Probabil takes the lead from her old sparring partner, Fungstar. And Probabil will beat Fungstar. Good memories. The 2021 season saw her win the Group 1 Epsom, the Group 1 Futurity is in a world where Australian Group 1s are so hard to conquer. She did it against the best, in the best fashion. Her owners are some of the most passionate people involved within racing who also have given so much to the industry as well. They now own Cambridge Stud. It's Brendan and Joe Lindsay, of course, and they picked up owners of the year for their incredible exploits as well with the large racing speak spearheaded by the great mayor brendan and joe are on the line now it's an absolute pleasure to have them on the show good morning and welcome to baz nizzy for breakfast brendan and joe yeah good morning yeah good morning guys <laughs> you never get to no, it's high. great to have you guys on the line <laughs> Uh, talk to us about how how special it was to have probable honored like that last night uh, we after after the awards, we went back and looked at all the other horses that uh, had horse of the year. Uh, Sunline four times, Mufasa, uh, Bonneville in the last few years. You know, like it's she's in a really an elite company, and um, it, it means an awful lot because um, you know uh, I had a, I raced a horse with a friend called Fasadi that won the Taupo Cup, and I've never seen anybody get so drunk in all my life before. And I, he texted me this morning, he said, it's a long way from Taubo Cup to winning horse of the year, buddy. And, you know, it is. It's, um, you, don't have the, you don't have these things, um, I guess you don't sort of aim for things like this. And um, we were a little surprised, to be honest, because uh, obviously over Tars has won five good ones. And um, we're a little bit surprised. And, but, but the main thing is, you know, we're pretty happy. And uh, I'll I'll ask you, Joe, as well. So when when did when do you guys know that she was going to be something like something truly special? When did it sort of dawn on you, Joe, that that uh, that she was something <coughs> a little bit different to the rest of them? Well, I think it really all began um, with two-year-old Karaka Million. You know, she drew outside, and um, she had a, she had had a win before um, in a list of days, but um, she'd she'd come a few places, but the Karaka Million two-year-old was something really special and we were just so excited with that. And then to turn around and, and she went off to Australia and came back again and won the three-year-old Karaka Million and we thought, well, no one has ever done that before. So at that point, we just knew that we had someone special, something special. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, 
Joe's right, I guess, with the Karaka Million because um, you know, what a performance that was that night. And, um, you know, she was a late foal. She was a November foal. And to be running at the Karaka Million as well and draw wide, loop the field and won as she liked. You know, we sort of thought then, well, oh, um, I hope this ride continues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, our, our, our granddaughter um, picked her picked her out of the the, um, the gate the gate number and she was uh, five five or something at the time and um, she turned around and she, she said is that good not and I said that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> as we just cut her, we just cut her out of the will at the same time <laughs> and of course Opie did then Opie came out and just just um, you know it was it was just amazing so that that was the beginning of it all. You know what? You know, and, the, and, the, and the sad, the sad thing is, is that we actually haven't seen her at the races um, since the day she won yeah. the surround stakes. February twenty twenty, yeah. So yeah. it's been a long, it's been a long um, jumping up and down on the couch. We wanted to get a new couch here. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us about that that feeling. Uh, you know, when, when you know, I've spoken to a lot of owners and people when they have racehorses, and I'm lucky enough I've just gone and won with Baz. It's Izzy here. It's great to have you both on the show. Um, tell us about that feeling. Is that the ultimate feeling when you see a horse that you've invested so much time and effort in getting across the winning line and winning a potential any race, whether it's a Group One or, or Group Two, whatever? Is it, is it a special feeling? Can you tell us about that feeling? I think I think it's just any race, you know, like just just to mm. um, have that horse, you know, put her foot forward or his or her, but in this case, her foot out and, and win those races. It's we scream just as much as just a normal win as to a group race. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we had funny girl got beaten by a nose on on Saturday at Tiara, and um, I tell you what, I think they heard us down in Tiara. So, <laughs> and, our, and we've got a little dog called Louie, and he every time we scream and shout, he, he knows. If there's any noise in the house, he starts barking because he thinks we must be got a Louie too. <laughs> yeah, you got a Louie too. <laughs> I bet yeah, you he barks better. a bit as well. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Um, you, you've obviously uh, things have been fantastic, and, and other walks of life, and that as well. But as uh, the racing side of it, what what was it that made you just put so, such an investment into Cambridge Stud, into the industry, and is it that that thrill of racing and, and that excitement that you get out of, of racing horses and, and having them perform and, and that journey that it takes you on? Uh, can you explain a little bit about that to us? Um, there's a couple of things, really. I mean, um, there's no secret of the fact that um, Joe and I, are, you know, both nationalists, we believe very heavily in our country, and we were really quite concerned when Patrick was selling Cambridge Stud that it would possibly go into ownership, overseas ownership. And that was mm-hmm. the driving force behind buying Cambridge Stud was to keep it in New Zealand ownership because it's an iconic brand and we wanted to make sure that it stayed here. Uh, it'd be fair to say that we, we bit off a bit more than we thought we were doing and didn't realise. You know, when you, it's like it's sort of when you own a horse and you're sitting in the stand, you don't realise what it's like to get up at four o'clock every morning, week after week, day, you know, day after day, week after week, and you know, wash horses down and bandage them and put ice boots on and this and that. 
And, you know, you turn up at the races and the horse wins and people go, oh, congratulations, well done. They've actually done nothing except drive there or put the new suit on, drive to the races and, <laughs> you know, make sure you've got your bearings right. You know where the bar is, you know where the tote is, uh, and, away, and away you go. So, you know, um, we, you know, obviously we enjoy it. But the thing about having uh, came stud and uh, racing and breeding horses, John, I'm very fortunate because um, we can do it together. We both obviously enjoy it. And, uh, you know, when you, sometimes um, sometimes in marriage and life, you know, you don't walk along on the same path, and we're, we're lucky that we can walk along the same path together, which means that um, it's not a bumpy road, it's a smooth road. Oh, I love that. I love that. All the work that goes in behind the scenes, you are right. We just sit in the stands and have a wee dabble, and you don't see all the work behind the closed scenes when you, you're getting your hands dirty. So appreciate all the honesty there. Let's talk about Probabil again. This year... When she, you know, last the award doesn't even include last year's. Uh, last season doesn't even include the might and power. Probably won this year, knocking off the wonder horse Zaki. To put in perspective, she's still got better yet again. Is that crazy to think about? Well, it is actually because um, every, especially the might and power. Everyone was saying Zaki, you know, because he was odds on odds on favourite, and they had they had just closed the book on him, and well. There was no, there was no chance anyone else, any other horse was actually in it. So when mm. she came around and um, and won that race, it was just something else. It's just, it's just amazing that she can actually step up against the boys and 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 beat them. And of course, we had Freddie Preble on board, and he just, he just, he just sung that horse. And so they, they just had that little connection. He, he, it's just amazing. He said after the race, he said that um, she was absolutely on empty in the last hundred metres, and he said all I had to do was just to give it, um, just to keep her going. But he said there was absolutely not one bit of energy left in the tank, and he said she got there for wow. absolute guts. He was absolutely overruled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a that was an amazing thrill. Yeah. So, so we're off. Um, she's going to take a similar path to last year. She's she went back into work uh, down to the three weeks place for the water walker on Wednesday. She's been at the farm at Caracas for a few weeks. She's put on uh, she's put 35 kg. 35 kg. She's a bit of a tubby. She Ooh. likes the food. Um, <laughs> so we put, we put her in the paddock, which they didn't put too much grass there because, um, you know, she comes over and says hello, but she doesn't say hello for long because she's right, she's going to miss another piece of grass. So... Um, Jamie was a bit concerned about her putting putting the weight on, but um, although she's put on 35 kilos, she's only 20 kilos more than last year when she went back into work. But um, what we're going to do is we'll probably go to the similar rate, uh, races uh, for the futurity and then the All-Star Mile, uh, and hopefully we get a dry track this year, and it's mm. a Flemington which should suit her. And then if that, everything goes according to plan, we'll probably go up to Sydney and... Um, I assume the uh, Queen of the Turf, which will be probably her swan song. And, you know, this this is next next season's the end. You know, that's, she's had enough. She's had 30, uh, she's had 27 runs for 12 wins and uh, eight places. And I think, um, you know, I don't think, you know, you can, this, you can only get so much of a good thing. And so she'll have three or four more runs and that'll be the end. And she'll let us know. She'll let us know mm. when she's had enough as well. So, um but we're just hoping she can just carry on just that little bit longer. And then we'll find a boyfriend for her. Yeah. 
yeah, looking forward to seeing what that mating looks like as well. And in time, I'm sure that's oh, that's the idea, right? Like yeah, these fantastic race race mares, and then they just end up being able to keep giving to you for for decades, don't with uh, with their progeny, etc. Right? So, hey, um, we really appreciate it, Brendan and, and Joe. Um, we'll have to um, we'll have to let you guys go. Unfortunately, we could sit here and talk for hours, but um, we really appreciate you guys joining us here on. On Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hello. We love Robert Bell on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's great well, to talk you, to you guys, and, and we wish you all the best. Thank you for the sponsorship. Um, it's fantastic for the racing industry, and I very much enjoy your show, and, and well done with the show. Uh, Lance Noble's been in there a couple of times on a Saturday to talk, and he now thinks he's a bloody superstar, so you've got to stop asking <laughs> him to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's is that the racing fraternity's been brilliant actually they've been fantastic and yeah. they really get in behind yeah. what we're doing so so thanks heaps for joining us guys enjoy the rest of your yeah, day thanks, we look team. forward to supporting probably congratulations this season coming thank you thank you so much thanks guys that was brendan and joe Lindsay, of course owners oh, of probable owners of cambridge stud wonderful people doing amazing things mm. for the industry as well and they're putting sizable investment into the game and they're getting richly awarded for it too so um, you can hear the passion and the thrill of what racing does to people and we're part of those victims as well right you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast it's a big thanks to the chemist warehouse great savings every day now it's time to talk some NFL it's one of the highlights of the elaborate American sporting calendar Thanksgiving weekend football the Cowboys Raiders game on Thanksgiving's day was the most most watched regular season game since 1990 and it was it wasn't just the ratings that were high this weekend. With things heating up around the league, there's just five weeks to go until playoffs, meaning there are plenty of chances to get hot and make a run to the Super Bowl. Steven Ruiz is a gun NFL writer for The Ringer, and he joins us now. G'day, Stephen. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. No, thanks for joining us, mate. Tell us, how, how good is Thanksgiving football, mate? What makes it so special? <laughs> uh, I mean, it just gives you a respite from your family, you know? That, that's usually the, <laughs> the best part sometimes. You know, in recent years, it hasn't been that good. Some might say that watching the Detroit Lions play is not as bad as, you know, uh, conversating with your family, but you know, others might not feel that way. Oh, how good is that rest from your family? Outstanding. Hey, mate, tell us about the game, the Thanksgiving game. Cowboys, Raiders, Cowboys going down. How much pressure on the Cowboys after going down against the Raiders? Yeah, they've, they've been missing two of their star players, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, over the last two weeks, and they, they've had this high-powered yeah. offense for much of the season, and over the last two weeks it's kind of you know went AWOL without those two guys. But it bounced back against the Raiders. This, this was the one good Thanksgiving uh, game of the, the slate. And mm. I'm more optimistic about the Cowboys after this loss because the offense did look so good, and they just had a bunch of mm. bad penalties on the defensive end, and that's really why they lost the game. Um, what about, how have you found Dak Prescott this year? He's, uh, he's come back. He's, I've been watching the, the ESPN um, All for Nothing kind of series on the on the. TV at the moment, seeing Dak Prescott. Have you been impressed with his play? Yeah, I've really been impressed. He obviously had a devastating injury last year. He broke his leg. I think it was mm. it was early in the season, and he missed most of the season. And he's come back, and he also had a shoulder injury, his throwing shoulder in August, 
and that hasn't slowed him down at all. He's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I, I mean, he's one of the front runners for MVP. I don't know if he's going to win it, but he's still in the conversation, mm. which is pretty impressive for him. What about my? I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, mate. And last week, uh, all my hope was alive when they beat Arizona Cardinals quite convincingly. Cam Newton made a wee comeback, and then this week brought right back down to earth, losing to the Dolphins, 33-10. Cam getting thrown on the bench after throwing oh five intercepts or something like that. Carolina Panthers, what happened? I'm also a Panthers fan, so I can empathize with you. Oh. Like, I feel like we oh. have a connection now. Yeah, it's it's bad. I was so excited, too. <laughs> Cam Newton came back. It felt like the first time he joined the team back in 2011, and then it took about two weeks for that to just go all down the drain. And yesterday was mm. ugly. It was hard to watch. I was kind of – I'm like a big Cam Newton fan, but I was kind of relieved he was benched just so it ended. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see him throw another interception. It didn't get much oh, better. He yeah, was... came in and got sacked twice and then threw an interception. <laughs> so I don't think it was all his fault. But defensively, they've been very impressive all year defensively. But they leaked 33 points. 33 points. What happened there? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's just Cam Newton is cursed. Like every time he comes to the Panthers, <laughs> the defense just falls off. They were the number one defense in the league before uh, two weeks ago. Then they give a 27 to Washington, which isn't good on offense, 33 to Miami, which also isn't good on offense. And I think it just goes to show that maybe those first couple months, the defensive performance was a little fluky. Uh, they got a lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers from bad quarterbacks and bad teams. And now that they've started playing yeah. better offenses, they're kind of struggling. Okay, I've got a question here from the other team. Dolphins, question for our NFL analysis. With the performances rolled out over the last four weeks, including yesterday's performance over oh, my, my number one pass defense, has Tui, Tua Tungavailoa done enough to put to bed the undeserved criticism of his skill sets and silence the chat around a Deshaun Watson trade? That is from Brett. What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I'm, I regret to inform him that no, I don't think it does. He, he barely threw the ball downfield. There was a lot of dink and dunk passes. He was throwing five yards downfield. He did not attempt to pass 20 yards down the field. Like it, this is the Tua that we've seen. Like He hasn't done anything that we haven't seen over these last four games. So there's no reason to adjust our scouting reports on him. He looks like the same player he was last year, which is when he started to come under fire and when people started talking about trades for Deshaun Watson and trades for other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go, Brett. You've deflated. You've been deflated, brother. But like us here on my Panthers <laughs> side, I'm so hey, sorry. Before I let you go, <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. We love honesty on the show. Before I get low, before I let you go, five more games to talk before playoffs. Who, in your mind, are leading, uh, leading, leading the competition? Who are looking favourites to maybe potentially win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl? So I actually did revise predictions this morning the column I wrote, and mm-hmm. I had the Packers beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I feel Ooh, very good about that pick. Aaron Rodgers has been a little shaky, but yeah, he's been a little shaky off the field, but he's been very good on it, and I, I don't think his yeah. vaccination status will prevent him from, from playing well, and I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. And then on the AFC side, I know the Chiefs haven't looked as powerful as they have in years past, but 
they've earned the benefit of the doubt over the last three years. You just kind of expect them to figure it out eventually. They still have five games left to do it, and they have the best quarterback in the league and the best player in the league. I think they're going to do it. You think he's still the best? He's had a shaky season, more incepts than he had in his first season of three seasons. But anyway, that's a great prediction. Packers are going to win it over the Chiefs. And, well, I look forward to watching that. Thank you so much, Stephen Ruiz, for your time on the Bears and Izzy's for Breakfast Show. Really appreciate your NFL take from around the world. What a great game it is. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's Bezzy's and Izzy's Radio Frequencies. It's Bezzy's and Izzy's Radio Frequencies. She walks real slow pace. Yes, it's that time and 1260 bucks, man. Like, how good would that be? That would get me 0.20 of an Ethereum. Um, Coin, yeah, cryptocurrency. That would give me about a point two zero of a of a coin. That would be quite good right now if I got that. But anyway, it's enough. Twelve sixty a.m. is Christchurch frequency. The spotlight this week is on Christchurch. We're giving you the chance to win twelve hundred and sixty bucks. Well, caller number seven was John from Christchurch. Ah, oh, it's only fitting we get a Christchurch caller. Good morning, John. Good, good boys. How you doing? Oh, good, John. Are you feeling good confident, luck, John. Oh, well, it all depends. If um, if we go on the ones from yesterday, which I like Baz's idea, um, I'm sort of thinking, boys, if, yeah. if I do manage to get it, we'll donate 500 of it to Movember, eh? Oh. John, I'm going to do okay. whatever I can to help you through this. Go on, then, Baz. Consider okay, me your phone a friend. Okay. We'll give him a phone a friend <laughs> option if he yeah, can't get one, Yeah, you'll phone okay? a friend, okay? If you, if you, if if you, you need one, you'll phone I'm a friend, your phone Baz. a friend. Okay. Yeah, we make one phone a friend and you get... And then and then you get phone at Izzy and I'll potentially live get one too. Anyway, here we go, brother. Your chance, twelve hundred and sixty bucks. Question number one. How many test wickets does Sir Richard Hadley have to his name? Yes, Johnny. Twelve dollars. Tell you all about them as well. Very nice. Here we go. Number two. Which football team? Plays at Ansfield. Liverpool. Yes, Johnny. Come on, John. Question number two, three. Question number three. Which New Zealand national team did Ricky Herbert coach? Ricky Herbert. Uh, the what? Yes. Um. Question number four, John. Who's the All Blacks' all-time leading try scorer? Oh, God. No, that's true. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. You want to phone a friend to me? Because he's going for you. I've got the answers. Ah, you want the phone a friend? Rhymes with... Rhymes with... I'll give you a crew. Bowler. <laughs> rhymes with rug ballot. Rhymes, uh, rhymes with. <laughs> you got it? What does, what does it I rhyme? think he said Doug Howlett. I think he said <laughs> Doug Howlett, <laughs> is he? <laughs> oh, he got it. I said, hey. I said, I said rug, rug rallet. Rug rallet. <laughs> Good work, John. You're on fire.
<laughs> All right, John, that's your only chance, okay? Because, well, we might be getting a call from Hutto soon, and he might be sitting taxed. Anyway, we're about to be one to one. There's no more chances for you. Here we go. Question number five. This is toughies. How many times have the Silver Ferns won the World Championships? Two. What? Five. Sorry? Sorry? What did you say? Did you cough? Oh. Did you say, did you say, yeah, it was a three. Did you say five? I said oh, How many? Five. 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 I said five. Four. I said five. Ah! Four. <laughs> three. I was counting you down. And I said five. Four. Oh. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. It was five. Oh, John, you know, we I tried. You down. That was your clue. That was your clue. I was like, five. You know? No worries, man. <laughs> oh, you're a legend. Oh, Thanks, John. Legend, John. No worries, fellas. Good on you. <laughs> Outstanding. So, oh, look, look, we're trying, Bears. We are trying. We are trying to donate twelve hundred and sixty. Everyone, we want one of you to get paid. Everyone else, one of you to get paid. Everyone else back in the studio is shaking us off. But is that's when we can just say, "No, no, you got it, John. You got it. Well done." Yeah. And then we can ring the bell ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was money, money, mate. Oh, I loved Can't it. Take it with I, you. I loved it because he was going to donate to Movember. He was going to donate to Movember. Exactly. It's a very special time. Men's, men's mental health. And I've got a wee thing here. Can you give a shout out to my mate, Bok? He's running 111 kilometers today from Cheviot to Carlton to raise money for mental health. And you can donate at Movember.com. There's Bok Run. He's running 111 kilometers today, someone in Christchurch. So if you're out there and you can donate to Movember, please do because it's a special, special cause. Um, or some special people, but I'm gonna throw it over to you. That is Baz and Izzy's radio frequencies for Monday, uh, Tuesday. What question for tomorrow? What part of Evander Holyfield's body did Mike Tyson bite during a fight? The answer is an ear. So that is for tomorrow. Right, let's get a little bit uh, deeper into some cricket stuff. Um, last night the Black Caps were outstanding, being able to hold on to the test win, uh, to a test draw over there in Campoor. They showed all the resolve and all the guts that we've become accustomed to with this side. The Black Caps, it's time for our little wee McCafe coffee catch-up. And who better on the back of a performance like that? Stoic and absolutely outstanding. And, and they fought all the way through. Man who did it right throughout his own career and also coaching and life in general. It's John Wright, absolute champion. It's great to have you on the show here, Righty. Good morning, mate. Good morning, guys. How are you? Bloody good. How good was that, Righty? You would have enjoyed that. Well, to be honest, uh, to be completely honest with you, I got as far as tea, and I thought, well, they've done enough. <laughs> but um, I got up early this morning and, and had a look at the scoreboard and read the reports, and um, I agree with you. I think it was, um, I think it was a really resilient, strong performance. Um, people will, will say that we've scraped out with, with a draw, but you know, there's not not a lot of teams that go to India, lose the toss. And hasn't some of the team haven't played a lot of five day cricket mm. and um scraped out with a draw, but you know they also had a chance to win the game. I thought it was a, it was an outstanding test match. I watched it from time to time, and I thought the team displayed why they're world champions, yeah, absolutely right mate we were um we were chatting about it before we've had heaps of messages through on our on our text line on double eight double three and 
and share admiration for what the guys have done. A couple of people have wondered whether we could have been a little more aggressive early to try and chase it down. But, Roddy, you've, you've coached over in India. You've, you've been there as a player. You've been there um, with New Zealand as well as coaching the Indian side. Just explain to, to some people just how difficult those conditions are to try and chase 280 on the last day on a wicket like that. Just, just, can you explain a little bit about that? Well, yeah, well, Green Park, it's it's in Tampur, which, which is a new pea. It's right in the middle of India. Um, and you're running into their winter. Uh, it's a very, very slow wicket, and it's low. Um, the test match that I coached there with India, we played South Africa. And there were big scores in the first innings. The game petered out to a draw. Um, and, of course, they're heading into their winter, so you do get a few light problems. But... Um, India have got a high-class spin attack. Um, I think the bounce of the wicket and the slowness of the wicket made scoring runs difficult. The only guy that really uh, scored quickly was Shreyas Iyer, and he's an outstanding young player on his debut. Um, and it was just difficult. And I think, you know, for New Zealand to have won that match, they had to actually uh, restrict India and, and take that opportunity when they had five down in the second innings. And and, you know, look at chasing something around 180 where it takes time out of the game. Um, and the, the total's more realistic. I think once India got to, you know, over two, well, 220, 230, it was always going to be very difficult. Um, but, um, you know, you could see that um, from the first session that New Zealand probably had a more defensive mindset and the partnership, really that could have changed that would have been if Tom Latham and, and Kane and Williamson had got going you know, immediately after lunch and maybe put on some quick runs but um, you know, they, they've got out of this one um, they'll take a fair bit of confidence from it and now they go to Bombay and that's going to be a different wicket entirely um, it, it'll, it'll be more bounce uh, if it does turn it's going to turn really quickly uh, if it's a turner and and things will happen fast, but I mean they'll they'll take a lot of heart out of this performance. It, it's chasing on the fifth day, and in any test match is difficult, but particularly um, in in Asian conditions. Yeah, nice, Roddy. Hey, it's Izzy here, mate. I hear you're my neighbour. I'm just down in Clarkville, so yeah. hopefully I can catch up with you and meet you meet you one day again, bud. Um, yeah. Appreciate your time. Well, hey, heading to Mumbai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh, you used to watch me running down, trying to hack it down the... Yeah, down the I do running, running down the... Yeah, for the Crusaders, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Solid, Solid <laughs> Crusaders fan, I should, should, should tell you. But anyway, that's another another story. Yes. Oh, um, <laughs> <All> good, right. <laughs> hey, Mumbai, heading to Mumbai. Uh, do, yeah. do you think another seamer, seamer will be added? Will Wagner be, be added to, to think, the squad you potentially feel for that game? Yeah. Well, that's the decision they face. Uh, a lot of teams come to India and and because they see a wicket that may turn, they uh, they go spin heavy. Um, and sometimes that's um, a mistake. You've really got to pick your, your four best bowlers, whoever they may be. You'll need one spinner at least. Uh, with Ravindra, I thought he looked really tidy with the ball, actually. Um, so, you know... I would suggest that, you know, whoever they feel is their best four bowlers. And if you look at the scorecard, 
you know, I thought Tim Southey was absolutely magnificent in the last match. Uh, I mean, uh, that Spally bowl on the second uh, day uh, is as good a bowling I've seen in the subcontinent, the wicket giving him nothing. He, you know, he walked off with a bit of a, a strain of some sort and came back and put an amazing performance on that, that second morning. That was outstanding bowling. I, I think that, you know, they've just got to pay their four, four, four best bowlers. And, and from the, from here, unless you get to Mumbai and it's absolutely bare and not a blade of grass, they must be very tempted to pay, play Neil Wagner uh, and, and, um, and go with three seamers. Probably, probably Ravindra, uh, because I think he can do a job. And pick uh, the spinner that they believe is going to do the job for them. Um, it gets a little complicated, because if you do pick Neil Wagner, he's a left armour. And so he's going to be bowling from the other side of the wicket, um, we'll, which will give assistance to Ashwin because of the footmarks he's going to make. Um, so that gets a... You know, those are just the sort of things that will be going through Kane and Gary's mind um, when they select that side. Uh, but I, I would certainly, from here, say just pick your four best bowlers and, and, and go in with it and, and be very aggressive and hope you win the toss. Yeah, that, that, that would make <laughs> yeah, <he's>, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spot on, be, win the toss. He's got to win lucky, one, surely. That's right, I mean... <laughs> You always, when you, the thing that I always remember um, in India is, no matter what you were doing as a player, um, you know you'd be looking because you you're a batsman and you'd be hoping that the captain could win the toss, or as a coach, you might be picking or doing some fielding practice, but you're always glancing out to the middle when the toss is thrown up and, and hoping like hell that. Uh, the microphone, the guy with the microphone goes to your captain first because you know that he's won the toss and you know you're going to bat. <laughs> he is spot on, absolutely spot on. <laughs> oh, Izzy, I'm looking forward to one day when we're down when we're down near you, wandering along to Righty's mm. house if he's going to if he's going to have us. We'll take a bottle of wine. Yeah, we'll sit down and we can sit down for a couple of hours and listen to some of Righty's stories because he's got some outstanding oh, yes. stories, mate. He's a, he's obviously a great storyteller as well, so we look forward to chatting to him at some stage. Hey, Righty, mate, you've been around the game so long. Your impact on the New Zealand and Indian cricket as well has been immense over over decades, not just as a player but also as a coach. And you were you were really at the start of of the journey of the Black Caps um, from where from where they were to where they are now. Do you, do you look at this team with just an immense amount of pride, mate, and what they've been able to achieve? Well. Baz, I, I, I think, um, you know, I think it's wonderful for New Zealand cricket. Um, and, and, and you must do exactly the same because you were a big part of that. And, and I didn't give you first crack at the leadership, but, but um, you know, you do look at the side and, um, well, we, cricket, um, I think you knew and, and we all knew that we had a great group of youngsters coming through. Um, and I think that, the, that they deserve the credit. Um, you know, the players deserve the credit um, whilst you were playing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, the self-responsibility of, of a player that has ability that gets an opportunity, but then goes on and continually improves. And and 
you know, if you get a group of players like that with the ability that they have, the thing that I'm really enjoying about them um, is, and it takes a while. Um, it, it just doesn't happen overnight in sport, and and uh, you know, you, you understand that because you, there were times when you, you thought, well, you know, we should be doing a little better, but it evolves, and, and I love the way that this team's playing because the last test we watched was a great illustration of that because they they displayed a, a great fighting spirit and, and, and I think that that's what, you know, any fan uh, in any sport wants to see of their team. They want to see a team, uh, no matter how, how talented, and this one is, uh, go out there and fight and, and, um, and you know, represent, you know, them and the country really well. And I, I loved, uh, I, you know, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, the, the intelligence, but more than that, uh, and the ability, the resilience of their play, uh, and and I think that this performance, and if they can put in a good one against Mumbai, is going to stand them in good stead when they go and play the Aussies, because they're the guys we really want to beat. Yeah, no, spot on, mate. And you talk about resilience and, and toughness and and fight, although all the things which you 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 were um, trying to instill with. Uh, with us way back in the day so it took us a little time to get there mate but these boys have got it in spades now so i just want to say a big thank you on behalf of both uh, myself and izzy for joining us yeah, on the show you. mate and sharing sharing your thoughts with oh, us well. and um and i totally agree i'm proud as well mate yeah well you, you must have to get up early in the morning um i, 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 I don't i don't catch the first part of your show but um i hope you're enjoying it and um yeah, we love our support, and in these times, it's great to it's great to watch our team teams do well. Yeah, That's really, Riley. Thank you, Riley. Take care, mate. <laughs> See you guys. Bye bye. It's become a highly popular way to get a different look at the famous Eden Park. Go for a round of golf. Yep, G9 Golf is back for another crack, and I've played it, and it is absolutely outstanding. Great way to well maybe put a few pitch marks on uh, on Eden Park as they say. Anyway, Nick Sautner tic- Nick, tickets go on sale tomorrow at 9am through Ticketek and Nick Sautner is the big cheese, the big the big wig, the CEO at Eden Park and he's with us now, he's an absolute champion. Good morning Nick. Good morning Izzy, thanks for your time. Yes mate, how you going mate? It's been a difficult time in, in Auckland through, through you know, running, being able, not able to run events and, and things like that mate. You must be so excited that something Potentially, the G9 can can go ahead. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It's been a year of two halves for us. Uh, we had sell-out yeah. Super Rugby fixtures, um, two Bledisloe Cups, and obviously 660, and then pretty yeah. much six months without activity. So, as you can imagine, uh, the team are really excited by uh, the announcement today, uh, the 9th to the 12th of February. G9's back at Eden mm. Park, and it gives people the opportunity potentially to win $500,000. Oh, okay. So tell us how they how they win that five hundred thousand dollars, Nick. So thanks to Donaldson Brown Insurance Brokers, uh, they got the opportunity to come along uh, if they get within yep. uh, the birdie zone uh, during their round of G nine. They come back on the last day and have a shot at five hundred thousand dollars. It's the longest hole. It's about one hundred and seventeen meters. Uh, obviously, as you've played, Izzy, the elevation Ooh. makes it quite tricky. Um, yes. But got to be in it to win it. Can can you so have a range finder, mate? Can you have a range <laughs> finder? Sorry, I was, you know, I've got, a, I've got a I've got a slope range finder that might help. 
I, I know you've played before, and uh, and people like Grant Fox uh, have got within about a foot. So um, there's certainly um, the golfers uh, come along with their clubs. Most people uh, um, think that they're going to be a master at G9 and uh, at the backyard hacker or the, the Ambrose player like myself, probably the ones that take away um, an opportunity of a hole-in-one because uh, it's it's not so much the skill, it's, uh, it's more just the, the opportunity to have a hit on the hello turf and, and do something that yeah. you guys have both done, but um, many people haven't had a chance to do is uh, perform on the biggest stage in the hello turf. Yeah, and Nick, it's Baz here. So can you just explain to us exactly sort of where, where do you tee up and, and where are you sort of aiming on, on either so part con- there? Yeah. So uh, the concept we developed about five years ago, and we've had over now 15,000 rounds of golf being played at, at Eden Park. Uh, takes 90 minutes to play. You get one shot on each hole, so there's varying elevations within the stand, so people get um, a customised tour of the park uh, whilst they're playing G9. Um, They can buy an additional ball, a golden ball, uh, to have a second shot on four holes. So you really, it's almost golf and darts combined, where you're hitting from the stands onto the field, onto targeted areas, and you get a score from one for five. Um, Best score being uh, ten, uh, we haven't seen too many tens or any tens, but um, <laughs> that would need uh, ten hole in one. Um, but you also get a bonus uh, hole in the All Blacks change room, so it's a 90-foot putt. Yeah. Um, most years, uh, we've had about ten holes in one in the change rooms and about four on the course. Yeah, it's, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe you get a chance to go through the change rooms and, and the All Blacks... Um Banners are up around the room, I think, from the last World Cup winner, which is 2015. I think you had the Black Caps in there as well from, from their semi-final, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we've got both teams in the yeah. change rooms. We're going through um, a renovation at the moment for the three Women's World Cup. So the change rooms are being renovated. Now they'll be gender equal. Um, so it'll give people the opportunity to see that also, um, that renovation work that has been undertaken. But, um, yeah, as you can imagine, getting a hole-in-one on Eden Park is something that, probably people haven't even dreamed of. So the people each year that have had that honour uh, not only get uh, that kudos with their mates, but then they also walk away. Most holes have a prize by a sponsor. Oh, beautiful. It's a great event. I must say, if you're in the Auckland region or you're around the country, you want to go play. The February the 9th to the 12th, it is a great initiate. It's, it's great fun. It's great fun to be had. So tickets go on sale tomorrow, Nick. Are you expecting a good turnout? We are. Um, we're hoping that uh, for adults, $79, um, people haven't had the experiences yep. uh, of sport and actually participating. So what an ideal Christmas gift for people and kids from $59. So it's unique. It's something that uh, we need the support of the community um, after being closed for close to six months. So we just encourage everyone yeah. to go to Ticketek and buy some tickets. Yeah, beautiful. I, I really encourage you to go out there, support local and support Eden Park. Uh, it's a wonderful event, Nick. Hey, uh, quickly before we let you go, mate. Um, anything else you leading, you got coming on the on the books, mate? Anything else you you can plan for in in the future that you might be able to just let out and a little whisper to Baz yeah. and Izzy for breakfast? We love breaking news on this show. Well, well, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a scoop. Uh, we've had some success okay. uh, in relation to uh, our golf hybrid event, so we're developing a similar event in the cricket space. So. Watch this space over the next probably week or so. Uh, you might hear some uh, news about a similar event in the cricket space. Ooh, nice. There nice. you go, Bears. 
There's a little scoop stag strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) Scoop stag. Hey, Nick, you're an absolute champion, mate. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up soon. I'll see you there, mate. I'll come to the G9. It's great fun. It's great fun to be ahead, and I'll make sure I'll bring Bears as well, and the team, Bears and Izzy for breakfast. How does that sound? Thanks, Nick. Thanks so much, gents. Have a great day.